Welcome to the TBE Richmond Podcast. I'm Rabbi Michael Knopf. On this feed, you'll hear sermons, teachings, music, conversations with guests, and so much more from us here at Temple Bethel in Richmond, Virginia. Thanks for learning and growing with us. Shabbat shalom. This week's Parsha, Truma, consists entirely of God's instructions for building the Mishkan, the holy tabernacle. God commands the familiar line, Make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. This sanctuary that God commands isn't a modest structure by any means. Its construction demands all manner of fine materials, huge amounts of gold, silver, and copper, acacia wood, dyed fabrics, and more were donated by the Israelites to enable the tabernacle's creation. It contains a multitude of finely crafted items, each constructed to the precise specifications given to Moses by Hashem. Rashi even writes that the design of the Mishkan's gold menorah was so complex that Moses could not conceive how it could possibly be made. So God eventually instructed him to throw an unformed gold ingot into the fire from which the completed gold menorah emerged. It makes sense that a dwelling made for the omnipotent king of the universe should be so grand. But why does Hashem require a physical dwelling at all? Doesn't the Torah establish time and time again that God can be anywhere and everywhere, regardless of what physical accommodations might be available? When Jacob and his descendants travel to Mitzrayim to escape famine in the land of Canaan, God promises, I shall descend with you to Egypt. In the story of Isaiah, Hashem states, heaven is, the thr- is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Likewise, after Solomon, completes construction, or after Solomon completes construction of the temple, he declares to God, the heavens and the highest heavens cannot contain you, surely not this house that I have built. Clearly, the construction of the tabernacle is not meant to provide God with an earthly residence, for God already resides everywhere on earth. Make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. There's a reason that the Torah here uses the plural form betocham, meaning among them, rather than the singular betocho, meaning in it. With this particular language, the Torah conveys that it is not the singular mishkan in which God desires to dwell. Rather, he desires to reside among the multitudes within the people of Israel themselves. As Hasidic master Rabbi Menachem Mendel of Kotz put it, God dwells wherever we let God in. And the Mishkan is the key that allows the people to let God into our hearts. To understand this concept a bit deeper, it is useful to go back to the beginning, or as Kabbalist thinkers would say, before the beginning. Jewish mystical thought teaches that the ultimate motivation for the creation of the universe is God's desire for relationship. Relationship with the world in general and with the people in particular. To that end, the Torah up to this point in Exodus is in large part a story of God and man trying to build a relationship with one another. And like any budding relationship, the path to harmonious partnership is fraught with missteps and conflicts. For example, Adam and Eve eat from the forbidden tree in the Garden of Eden. God floods the whole world to rid it of sin. And the people of Israel turn to worshiping idols at Mount Sinai when they create the golden calf. 
After each mistake, though, God and the people make amends and revise their behavior towards one another, resulting in a closer bond and a stronger, more productive relationship between the two. God promises Noah with a rainbow and an olive branch that mankind will never again be wiped off the face of the earth and later makes a covenant with Abraham that he will protect the patriarch's descendants. It's worth noting here that even though the episode of the golden calf appears in the Torah after the construction of the Mishkan, Torah commentators generally agree that the incident took place chronologically before the commandment to build the tabernacle. The construction of the Mishkan is therefore another attempt by God to repair and strengthen the relationship with the people Israel. For he realizes that the people need a physical earthly reminder of God's presence in order to keep Hashem in their hearts. And herein lies the central lesson of Parsha Trumah. All these earthly things we create as part of practicing Judaism, synagogues and Judaic art and prayers and songs and communal gatherings and a multitude of other items and practices, they are not for God. Hashem in his infinitude does not need these things. Rather, they are for our own benefit, to inspire us, to make us feel, to allow us to more readily build a sanctuary in each of our hearts where we can welcome God's presence. I think everyone in this room can agree that if it weren't for our earthly objects and practices, if we each practice Judaism by ourselves in a blank room, our relationship Hashem with Hashem would be very different and likely much more distant than it is today. And I don't think that admitting to this fact should be seen as vain or materialistic, but rather should be recognized and accepted as a fundamental truth of the human psyche. This lesson that earthly things are an essential requirement for forming a relationship with God, physical and otherwise, is one that I and I'm sure many of us learned acutely during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. Prior to coming to Temple Beth El, I had not been a part of, of a Jewish community since graduating college in 2015. Without actively engage, engaging with a Jewish community and with my interactions with family and friends limited to occasional headshots on a small screen, I felt my relationship with God growing more and more tenuous. But over the last year and a half, Bethel has acted as a catalyst to strengthen this relationship. The colored light pouring in from the stained glass windows in the main sanctuary, the insightful words of Torah, the evocative melodies, the presence and the hugs and the meaningful conversations with my friends who I've met here. At the end of the day, these earthly things are for us, not for God. And just as Parsha Truma teaches, they are the key that allows our hearts to be open to God's presence. As probably most people in this room by now know, I was given the honor of constructing Temple Bethel's new Torah table, which is sitting in the, in the sanctuary, out of wood that was salvaged from the sanctuary's original pews. Since we can't be in the sanctuary today, I do have a couple of pictures up here if anyone wants to take a look afterwards. As a woodworker, I'm incessantly contemplating the act and the meaning of earthly creation. Throughout this Torah table project, the lesson that I've discussed here from Parsha Truma has been running through my head, as have a couple related lessons from two great American woodworkers who have inspired much of my work that I will leave with you today. George Nakashima wrote, we must make, make things with great hope and faith for there is joy and fulfillment in creation. And Sam Maloof wrote, the reverence that the object maker has for the materials, for the shape, 
And for the miracle of his skill transcends to God, the master craftsman, the creator of all things, who uses us, our hands, as his tools to make these beautiful things. Building this Torah table has allowed me to feel not only a greater connection with God, but also with the Bethel community and with the hundreds of congregants who have sat in those pews over the last three quarters of a century. And I hope that to some small extent, the table acts as a present-day mishkan, inspiring you all to engage in your own acts of earthly creation, physical and otherwise, and allowing you too to more easily allow God into your heart. Shabbat Shalom. This has been the TBE Richmond Podcast. Once again, I'm Rabbi Michael Knopf. On behalf of all of us here at Temple Bethel in Richmond, Virginia, thanks for listening. I hope this episode was uplifting and enriching. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this feed wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. And please rate and review us so others will have an easier time joining the conversation. Our theme music is composed and produced by Stephen Frost. Learn more about our dynamic, warm, and passionate congregation affiliated with the United Synagogue of Conservative Judaism at www.bethelrichmond.org. Until next time, shalom y'all.